And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me as always on Wednesday is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Well, what's going on? Not much today, man. Not much today. Uh, I got back from Salt Lake City on Monday night. A very eventful weekend for the Thunder and Thunder players overall. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, what? We'll just go through the weekend, starting yeah. with Rising Stars. Yeah, a uh, lot of this is going to be you telling me what it was like. Because yeah. I did not watch. Did you watch any of, of it? Yeah, I watched Saturday night, and then I watched. Uh, I turned on the <laughs> the game briefly. You you didn't uh, watch it intently on Sunday. I was I was actually following along on Twitter. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna wait until someone says something that's like gets me interested enough to watch this. <laughs> um, and it just never happened. Now, to be fair, I was on vacation too, so it's not like I was sure. just sitting at home with sure. something better to do. Yeah. Or nothing yeah. better to do. I, I was, yeah, I was, there was a pool, Andrew. There was a pool. There were, th- there were things. It was nice outside. That's great. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't blame you. If, if, uh, if you had other options and were watching on TV, I would, yeah, I might choose the other options. <laughs> but so, so the Rising Stars Challenge. Yeah. Which people, uh, I would say, you know, there's a lot of talk about how everything's gotten worse and everything's terrible at All Star mm-hmm. Weekend. Mm-hmm. That does seem to be uh, one of the things that people enjoy more now than they did like five, ten years ago. It's great. Yeah, like I remember the- when that, when that game, people talked about it the way they talk about the All Star Game now. It was like, what's the point of this? This is miserable. Yeah, it was unwatchable. So I I think there are ways to fix everything, but a lot of it is just like. Do you, can you get like one or two guys that really care about this? And like Jose Alvarado really cared in that yeah. game, and that made it really cool. And so that night was really fun. The game was really fun. We interviewed the players earlier that day, so they had two different sites. And this is here's one reason why like Oklahoma City could not host an All Star Weekend today. There are like probably a hundred reasons we could go through. But like the number one reason is that yeah. there's not another arena nearby that would work. Uh, what about the Cox Arena, Andrew? It's, not, it's not no, it's not a thing anymore. It's uh, it's a movie studio now. Oh, 
So can't do it. That's why I mean that's why the blue play in Paycom. Yeah. So well, when they build the new arena, if they don't tear down Chesapeake they, Arena, they're not going to tear it down. And that's when I think just like the even thought of it being a possibility will enter the minds of NBA people. And that's when Thunder fans will be start start to say, "We could host All Star Weekend." We'll probably say it for a decade, and then it will happen. You know. But well, so so you're projecting once we get the stadium, and then a decade from then, so roughly twenty, maybe fifteen, twenty years. Yeah. Probably. Okay. I would guess that then it'll be considered. But cool. you need another arena. And so the University of Utah is in Salt Lake City and is like a 15-minute ride from like around where the arena is up to the University of Utah. And they did – so that's where they did the celebrity game. And that's where they did – so they opened – they didn't have open practice for the Rising Stars, uh, but we went to practice – for that, which is like, all they did was just they did a shooting competition. Is what they did with like the the they were, they took turns. Like two teams were on each half of the court, and yeah. then they would just do like a three point shooting competition. <laughs> are are there many people there for that kind of stuff? So that was like media could be there, and yeah, there were quite a few people. Because oh, but fans can't be at that. Fans couldn't be at that, but fans no. were fans were at the all star practice okay um, and so you could buy a ticket to that and it was it was packed and it was just like uh they also did like shooting games and like introductions yeah. like it was it was kind of cool it was cool for people that couldn't go to the all-star game or like even like couldn't afford to go to the all-star game and maybe even better in some ways um no 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 the all-star game was definitely better than that um so but it was cool it's cool like it's cool to see all those guys in one spot you know Z- like uh, zion was right. there too who zion zion uh did uh watching the rising stars were there any guys that you were like oh wow they're fitting in really well with giddy and j-dub uh i didn't well i mean obviously like evan mobley was pretty awesome okay so <laughs> you think giddy. we should go get evan mobley well and i asked jay this um, the next day, I just asked him, like, did it make you seeing Giddy and J Dub play with a big man like that? Did it make you think of playing with Chet next year? Yeah. Uh, and he said, he said, well, he's like, that's a good question. It didn't really cross my mind, but it's something that we talk about all the time. Yeah. He said, it's something that, you know, we see him working out and see him shooting and, Seeing him running up and down the court, he said we talk about it all the time, as like something that like we're excited about. So it's obviously it would be something you talk about as a player on the team, but like fans talk about it all the time too. But it's just kind of cool to think that they're having similar conversations about like what Chet can do to like fill in the gaps of the current right. team. Uh, so that was kind of cool uh, to hear Shea talk about that, but. That it didn't make me think like, oh my gosh, we gotta get Evan Mobley. It just made me, oh my gosh, <laughs> it made me more think about okay, what can Chet do with this group and how and did what it, does it, it look did like? it make you regret that they didn't go harder for James Wiseman though at the deadline? Either? It made me think we, when I watched we let, Evan, one, we let one get away to the Pistons. Is that where you were thinking? No, no, no? I I'm still perplexed by that move by the Pistons, man. I'm still well, so perplexed by it. 
we're going to get, I mean, I know he's already played one game, but we're going to get to watch him uh, coming up too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like, so not thunder though. I watched yeah, some I of his, I watched some of his plays and like, he doesn't even look to pass. Doesn't even, doesn't even understand that it's a possibility, which is just like, uh, it's not a, it's not the thunder way. You can't, you can't be that guy. Um, where was I? What were we talking? Oh, we were talking about. Oh, you know who I did think was awesome was Quentin Grimes. Oh yeah, Quentin Grimes was so good. He was the only one I would say at the Rising Stars practice that was that like broke a sweat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was working with an assistant coach during like the practice on like different defensive stuff, and then they played like one on one together, and like he was going all out. Everybody else is just going you can't even call it half speed like they're just like shooting around just enjoying the moment kind of thing and he what, was, what did he you was think like of uh what do you think of j-dub's pants the giant pants it just it makes me think of like fifth grade you know did you ask him what brand those are no <laughs> you think they're jinkos well because i i heard i'd seen that jinkos were back like the actual brand yeah but i'm assuming there are other better brands uh like more expensive brands yeah if you're like if you're a millionaire you maybe you have graduated from jinkos and there's a better big pant brand you don't think the jadub shops at jc penny uh perhaps he could i guess uh you think there were zones were they was that what they're called zones yeah zones were like the tier down from jinko yeah 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 that's 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 tough I did think, I mean, uh, for a weekend that I'll probably forget completely within a week, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, my biggest takeaway was Shay's jacket and just how much Shay was repping OKC. Yeah. Because he didn't have to do that. Didn't have to and do it. He didn't have to do it, and it was just very nice. I mean, I know it's the whole like uh, OKC inferiority complex where it's just like so nice when someone even pretends to care we don't know i mean it it seems (laughs) we do exist (laughs) yeah like just to have someone do like the bare minimum and and he went above and beyond that because there there was that great picture with him wearing a j-dub's jersey from the rising stars game and j-dub was in his big pants in that photo yep um but then wearing that jacket on like the biggest stage of the night which was like the dunk contest (laughs) right um or of the weekend yeah, that that was that was just nice. It was just nice to see. It was nice to see our our young star rep the city in that way. Yeah. So he had he talked about it after the game, after the All Star game, and that he had designed it along with some somebody I'd never heard of, but he's probably famous. I don't know. Um, that they had designed it like a couple years ago, and that he's had it in his closet. And oh, really? Decided that waiting he would, to break it out for this. He he said he told himself when he when he got it that he was not going to wear it until he made the All Star team. Oh, that's cool. And so, and he wore it. I mean, he wore it to All Star Saturday Night, which is really that's cool. Like, if you're going to wear it anywhere, that would be yeah. the place to wear it, just because you see Shay on the side, you know, going crazy about Mac McClung and whatnot. Right. So that was really cool. Uh, I'm trying to think what else from the rising stars. I thought, I thought Giddy like controlled the game for the most part when he was in it. How much do we take away from that? Mm, not a whole lot. Uh, he was also my, he was also mic'd up during the game. 
And I didn't hear it, obviously, live, but I went back and watched it the next morning, and that was pretty cool. It also just, it also just like, tips the hand of, like, we don't care about the outcomes of these games. <laughs> you know, when you have somebody mic'd up who's talking to the broadcast while a game is going on. Right. It's just, like, we we just don't really care about the outcome of this game. I mean, it happened in the All-Star game, too. Like, Luca was mic'd up. And so, like, people getting, oh, people are just getting so worked up about, like, is this, is the, is there a way to fix the All-Star game? Is this, is everything's ruined? Why can't my guys, why can't my guys just compete, you know? And it's like, well, the league is, like, micing these guys up and, like, talking in their ear while they're playing this game. Like, how seriously should, well, should we take it if the league isn't even taking it seriously? I mean, it seems like the, uh, the league should take it more seriously because the ratings just came out and it was the lowest rated all-star game in history, I guess. Um, so that, that was like, how much the do you one think thing... they care about that, about the broadcast? Then what's it for? Then what's the point? They make a ton of money, like in Salt Lake, just a crap ton of money. So then who, who is it for? Cause clearly if you're at, it's the lowest rated ever, it's not for the fans. You're not creating a product that people actually want to tune into. I mean, I'm I consider myself above average as an what about NBA Saturday fan. Night? I had like zero desire to turn on that game. What about Saturday night? Like what about the other I mean, obviously Friday's not gonna draw a huge crowd, but like did Saturday is Saturday also like that? Uh I, I believe it is. I I'll bring up the tweet. It just came out. Yeah, I don't know. Like I get that people say let's see. Um, n- 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 yeah, that was just about the All Star game. Yeah. Um, because I thought that I thought that the Saturday night stuff was actually really good. It was really cool. Yeah, I th- I thought it was too. I enjoyed uh Saturday night. Um, three point contest. Yeah, All Star awesome. Saturday night and Rising Stars also down to new lows. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity game bucks trend of record lows with an actual increase over last year. <laughs> So that's that's where it is. That's where they've solved it, Andrew. That's where they've solved it. You got DK Metcalf, and it all makes sense. No, I just I saw some people, and I initially agreed with this idea. Was like the All Star Game isn't for me. You know, it's not for you know thirty to forty year old men. Yeah. You know, it's it's for kids. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, well, has anyone asked kids? It's like, it's not like you put anything in front of kids and they'll like it. We yeah. need to interview some kids, Andrew, because but, based on the ratings, it doesn't seem like uh, kids are that into it either. But the question you have to ask yourself is, where are the kids watching? Like, are the kids watching the broadcast, or are they watching on YouTube later? Or are they watching on TikTok? Are they, like, you know what I mean? But does any of that matter? They're going to have to figure out a way for it to matter. Because I do think that, like, NBA content overall is, like, up, but it's the cable broadcast that's like that's down and like the right. cable broadcast for everything is down and is going to continue to go down except because, football but yes i mean football is the exception to everything man it's just a it's an absolute monster um but yeah i that's that's something they're going to have to figure out you know is how how do we make these other platforms matter within all of this because like i i don't know my kids were watching it. I'll tell you that. My kids also yeah. don't have TikTok or whatever. Were they enjoying it? Uh, yeah, they did enjoy it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, 
asked Shay about it after the game, like if there was like a fix for the game, and I don't think he, I don't think he knew how this quote would come across when he said yeah. it, when he yeah. said money talks, and that there were if there were certain incentives that people play harder. Obviously, there's been a a backlash against that. I, he also in that within that quote said like, listen. I had a lot of fun with the way that it was, you know, but I just wonder if like that was the conversation going on, like in the locker room and between players. Yeah. Like, Hey, here's the thing. Like most of those guys are in playoff races or play in races or whatever, and they don't want to get hurt. <laughs> it's like the biggest thing. Like how bad would it be if one of these guys actually got hurt? Like, I don't think LeBron actually got hurt, but if like LeBron, like, did something to his hamstring or something during the game because he's like going all out. Like how mad would you be as a Lakers fan today? Well, if that's the case, but that's always been true. And I mean, we can watch old all-star games. Like I I remember watching the one that I think uh, it was like Iverson. And when Jordan was on the wizards, like there there, once upon a time, there were like entertaining all-star games. Sure. So if, if we're at the point where that's true and nobody wants to do anything, well Mm -hmm. then just, scrap it like come up with something new um even if it's them doing like the equivalent of uh, of a better skills challenge or something what if they like, did one, what if they did ones would you do that would that be if they did what one-on-one well yeah that'd be great but isn't that wouldn't that introduce the same concerns i mean probably um, i don't know i i like the idea of just i, I think if it's going to stay like it is, you just have to shorten it somehow. So right. it's this, not... I'll sit next to David Aldridge, and this is what we talked about. It's like, you just need to have a running clock. Yeah, it just if, if it was shorter, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, because yeah. then you'd get in and out. But it, it just it just drags. Yeah, you need to have a running clock. They need to get through the introduction stuff faster. You don't have to have the concert in between the... At halftime? Or no, in be- they did a concert in between the the draft oh, at the beginning and the game. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, how long does it take to put on a shirt and a pair of shorts? Not very long. Um, what, what what would you think? Because it does seem like the Rising Stars format seems to work to some extent, and that allows it allows you to shorten it a little bit. Yeah. Um, where you just have these like mini games. Mm-hmm. I like the I mean, idea. I like the idea. And here's the thing: like, no one knows. Like you go back a decade, was Chris Bosh an all-star starter? Like, I don't know, but he was definitely an all-star. Like, no one cares about that. It's not like first team all NBA. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, I think that a format like that would be just fine. And you just play. And and I would even say you could because right now it's twelve per conference, right? Yeah. So expand it to fourteen per conference. And then you get a few more guys in. And then you make it 28, and then you can have four teams of seven. Yeah. And then just have some short mini games like they do with the Rising Stars, and that, that would be entertaining enough. And even if it isn't entertaining, it'll be over quickly. Yeah, and then, like, the winning team, maybe – I think there probably is something to, like – because, like, I think right now they get, like, $100,000 if they win. Yeah. But if you found a way – and if it was only seven guys, it was, like, these seven get a million dollars each. I – I think, and I know that people are like grossed out by that or whatever, but here's the thing about money is like, there's never enough. Like whether you're making, 
50k there's never enough whether you're making 50 million there's never enough like that's like you can never be satisfied by a certain amount of money just because of the way the world works once you get like once you hit another tier well there's other people doing all these things around you and it costs so much more to do that and I do think that it would make a difference to these guys as much as like I don't really like that <laughs> but like it's just like this problem with humanity more than it is like a problem with these all-stars you know what i mean what about the idea of just bringing in uh, reserving some spots for just some ringers you know because obviously kyle lowry took it very seriously yeah if you could just (laughs) throw like chaos agents into the mix like dort and dylan brooks yes yes dylan brooks specifically yeah no i hate that idea why I, I don't like I don't like the idea of rewarding Dylan Brooks. What what if you had an entire okay, if we go back to the team concept like rising stars, what yeah. if you just had a team of just wild guys? <laughs> and you put them all on one team and they're facing off against the NBA All-Stars. It's like the top 5 guys in tactical fouls. Yeah, it's like the guys who would be most likely to hurt you <laughs> in a game. Yes. Yeah, I also hate that idea, um, <laughs> but it sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. Uh, uh, yeah, I, but I, I was kind of bummed out because, I, I mean, I did turn it on in the fourth quarter because I was like, okay, well, the Elam ending, yeah. at least, that should get us going a little bit. I thought so, too. They just and it didn't. They were just way too far behind. They what? were, but by the end, like because they kept shooting half court shots. Say, the like, only reason that it was fine is that they were all just wanting to hit some deep bomb, <laughs> right? And it it's like eventually really cool. it got down to like a six point game. It's like okay, yeah, maybe if you guys keep shooting yeah, half court shots, maybe this <laughs> if will you be guys closed. keep throwing this game away, maybe yeah. they'll get back. Uh, the Tatum and Brown stuff was cool. That was kind of fun, but that like made me think about like the one-on-one stuff because it literally was one-on-one everybody else was just standing to the side right yeah and it was like okay there's part of this that's cool there's part of it that's like oh my gosh this is kind of lame um so uh could you tell me where you were sitting so i was sitting up in like the nosebleeds loud city loud city yeah cool yeah sitting up in loud city i was sitting it was kind of surreal because i'm like sitting up in Loud City, but I'm sitting in between Sam Amick and David Aldridge, who are like people that like grew up like reading and watching yeah. and like <laughs> what was their reaction to the game? Uh DA was like pretty checked out. <laughs> <laughs> he was like he was talking about how crazy this was. Uh Sam was working on something most of the time and he was like, Man, I gotta vote on the MVP of this game. He's like, Andrew, you gotta you gotta help me with this. You gotta watch and help me help me recognize who the best player in this game was. Uh it was obvious yeah. it was too obvious by the end. Um but it was kind of surreal for me to like for, this was my first all star game and so it was kind of surreal to be there. But then to like sit in between like these two guys that are just kind of legendary in the business was just kind of like, oh man, this is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> um, so then Saturday night, it seems like that was like, you know, in person, it sounds like that was pretty fun. People were engaged. It was a great experience. It was really cool. The three-point contest was awesome. The The, skill, the skills challenge was fine. It was fine. I feel um, like... I don't hate the skills challenge the way other people do, but yeah. I do feel like the, like they have the components. Like there are 
ideas there yeah that just need to be like reworked a little bit yes and i th- i think there could be something fun there here here's the thing that i didn't understand about the skills challenge was there's that corner 3 and you get 3 shots yeah but you can miss them all but you can miss all of them honestly i would just yeah you could just I'd just chunk just them, chunk them really just quick. like go 1 2 3 because you're not penalized for missing all of them you are not and you get you basically get w- will get the same time if you make or miss the third one and that's, that's and that's where I'm like, you don't have to be skilled right there. There's no skill involved. So I think you should be penalized like two seconds if you miss all three. You should. And then that makes Jaden Ivey – I mean, that was like the most exciting part when Jaden Ivey made his corner three and like sprinted mm-hmm. for the layup. It was like, oh, wow, Jaden Ivey's really fast and also he's trying. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but you should have been I, rewarded for making the third. Because there were guys that missed all three and then got a good time, and I was like, this is ridiculous. They need to bring in the production team for Nickelodeon Guts uh, or Double Dare. Do, 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 do you have it? And because those those folks knew how to create a game show around uh, activities. Yeah, it should be more of a game show than it is like, yes. who is skilled? I, I also yeah. think that if they if you lose, it should just flash just Big red, unskilled, unskilled. You should. They should do the little Josh Giddy graphic of uh, weaknesses and put <laughs> the players in place of Josh Giddy. Unskilled, missed all three threes. Yeah, couldn't get the, couldn't make the pass. Unskilled. But yeah, I, I do think there, there's still something there. I know people want to scrap it completely, but I remember really? enjoying it back I, in the day. I, I kind of, I mean, there were just things about it that I was like, okay, if we make like these three tweaks to it. Yes. Like, if you build, if you build, here's what they got to do. You build the two mountains on each side. You put the guys on the pulleys, yeah. like the, the, the straps, and then they jump into the middle yeah. at the same time and have to try to grab the basketball. That was one of my favorite games on Guts. Yeah, yeah. That's a skill. That's a skill. We should, Hand-eye coordination. We should make it a little more competitive. A Senator Kennedy said here, I don't, I mean, I don't know any way to confirm this is true or not, but he says wow. that he was on Wild and Crazy Kids when he was seven. Uh, I don't know how you can confirm this, Senator Kennedy, but like, if you can try yeah, to we, convince us a little bit more, I would you be. You could give us a screenshot. That would be great. Yeah, that be that would be awesome. Um, yeah. I always wanted to. What was the show that you were in the video game? Uh, Nick Arcade. Is that what Nick Arcade. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That one always seemed way cooler as like a person watching it. I'm assuming in person it's not you're that. You're just on a green screen and you're just yeah, like, cool. you probably just have a producer just telling you to like jump or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> jump, duck. But yeah, I, I do feel like there's there's people that are good at these things and they just need to employ them. The idea that the first two skills are worth 100 points and the third one's randomly worth 200 points yeah, for no real reason. Like, come on, that's a basic fix it's we true. can make. It's true. There arguably needs to be more scoring. There needs to be more nuance. Like you said, with like taking off seconds. Yeah. Stuff like that. There needs to be more of that. Yeah. If you, or like if you, maybe they need to make like the pass a little bit harder. And if you make the pass like within like the first, with your first try, like you get get a bonus. You get a bonus. bonus. Bing, bing, bing. Bonus. Um, And those sounds, and you play sounds like that. Just in the arena. Bing, bing, bing. Excited. Yeah. No, I think that would be cool. You like make like Mario sounds. Like, and know. make and get Mike O'Malley back. 
Who wouldn't want to that? Do it all. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? Legends of the Hidden Temple. People are just now naming just game shows on Nickelodeon <laughs> in the chat. Here. Because people love it and everyone people else is it. tapping into nostalgia. Why shouldn't the NBA tap into nostalgia? Yeah. Do you know the reaction they would get if they actually employed old Nickelodeon people to like redo the skills challenge? The, the reaction on Twitter would be universal positivity. Who, who wouldn't want that? Name me one person who wouldn't want that. Ratings go through the roof for a very specific demographic of people. Then they would between. then they would be targeting 30 and 40 year olds. <laughs> yes, which is getting back, that's what it should all be about, it's Andrew. Just, it should all be about I'm us. hearing about this is for the about kids. Me in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that that was cool. Three point contest was cool. It was cool. It was um, very cool. The starry zone. Yeah. What do you think about them changing the name of Sierra Mist to Starry? Dude, here's the thing about Starry. It was, is it a different drink or is it Sierra Mist just rebranded? Did you try I, some? I, I mean, I was almost forced to try it. Oh, really? What do you think? Review. Uh, it, Review. Uh, it was fine. It was not anything special. Did it taste um, like Sierra Mist? I, you know, I just don't have any like memories of drinking Sierra Mist like, so strong that I'm like, oh, this tastes exactly like Sierra Mist. I think it just tastes like a lemon-lime soda. You know, so it tastes like Sprite. Yes, mm. and it was everywhere in Salt Lake. That's everywhere there were these—I uh, don't know what the brand of the car was, but they were just like complete. They were completely starried out, and there were people all Ooh. over the streets just handing starry out everywhere. PT cruisers everywhere. Yeah, it was. It kind of looked like a PT cruiser. Obviously, not the, not like a 04 PT cruiser. Um, they also delivered a, a 12 pack of Starry to every media member's hotel room. Really? Yes. Are they trying to win an award? So, and I mean, I didn't, I, I just said there's a brand new pack of Starry just sitting in a hotel room as I leave. I didn't drink any of it. Taylor didn't have any? No, Taylor didn't have any either. But the thing is, you can, they're just handing it out right outside the hotel. And so if you really wanted one, you just go grab one. Because they're just out there. You want to try a star? Here's your star here. Get a star. Get a star here. Um, there's also inside. So there was this crossover event that's in the convention center. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really it was really kind of cool. But they have like this whole like starry court where you can go and you can shoot. And but they just are handing out free starry at this event too. And so you're just kind of bombarded with starry. You wonder if the like the hotel workers who have to go and clean the rooms afterwards, I hope they that just have like stacks on stacks. They better. That, that was my hope is that like whoever cleaned my room got to take home the, the starry. And how exciting that would be. It'd be so, they'd be so excited. No, I mean, it was, it was, it was everywhere. They're trying to make it happen. I don't think it's going to be that much better than Sierra mist <laughs> when it all comes down to it. But no, they're really trying. They're really trying with the starry stuff. Um, and then the dunk contest, which was uh, great. It was great. It was, it was awesome. Every like in the building, it was incredible. People were like freaking out in there. Good. And I, I thought even like I mean, you'd probably say that KJ Martin did the worst just because he missed his first couple of attempts. Yeah. But if he was the worst, like that is a really good dunk contest because he was. I mean, he still had a couple of really nice dunks. Yeah. I mean, you compare him to like uh, I remember like when Jalen Green did it not mm -hmm. too long ago. Yeah, last and year, and it was just kind of like a bummer, and it like the energy was just sucked out of the arena because because he kept missing. Yeah, 
like this was really solid across the board. Yeah, no, it was it was an incredible dunk contest. I think part of what led to it being so great is that the expectations were so low for it. Yeah, you know, and so like anything cool that happened, everybody was like, "Oh, well, this is cool." Like when McClung did his first dunk, it like brought the house down, and like everybody was on the edge of their seat pretty much from there on. Um, it was unbelievable. I thought Trey Murphy was great too. Yeah, like, he was. Great. I thought for a guy his size and with his length, it's hard to make dunks look cool. That's the thing with McClung is like it's really if you can pull off the stuff he does, it looks like ten times cooler with a guy his size because like I stood next to him several times over the weekend and he's like he's like my size. Yeah, and like somebody that's small like that doing a dunk like that, it's just like oh my gosh because he just looks like some normal dude. But he's like gained some kind of like crazy superpower, you know. Yeah. So he does. It, it was incredible. The atmosphere in the arena was awesome. Uh, Murphy was great. The battle between those two was incredible. Everybody like walked away just like kind of wide eyed and excited. So like that was that was a really cool night. So um, w- what people want to hear, Andrew, is. You know all of your celebrity interactions. Yeah. Was, was, did you get to meet anyone that you weren't expecting to meet, and it just happened to work out that left you a little starstruck? Um. So I ended up at a particular party that I was pretty starstruck by some people that were in there, like Kenny the Jet Smith was mm. at this party. Um. Dwayne. Why were you? Why were you? How did you get invited to this party? Andrew? We won't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Fat Joe was also at this party. Oh, <laughs> so did you go up to Fat Joe? I did not talk to Fat Joe. No, no. This was like an environment where it was not like a fan type environment where like you're not going up to people and like being like, Hey, what's up? Can I take a picture with you? Can I, so you're just standing in the corner, um, making notes. Yeah. Pretty much. Was here. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, when Gabrielle union walked by, like that was probably the most like starstruck that I felt like in a very long time. Oh, well you sent us a picture of, of D Wade and, and Gabrielle walking by. It was, that was, because I'm like around NBA guys all the time now, and like I don't feel like starstruck by them anymore. But like that was one where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm like in the same room as her. Yeah. Um, so like that was a crazy one for sure. And then, so at, at our hotel that we're staying at, all the NBA legends were staying there. And so, like, if you just hang out in the lobby for 20 minutes, you're going to see somebody walk through. Like, I saw Dr. J probably 20 times, like, just walking by, like, <laughs> hopping on the elevator. To the point where you're just bored of it. It doesn't even excite you that Dr. No. J is walking by. So, oh, there's Dr. J. <laughs> there's Dr. J again. No, it, that was kind of like, oh, my. That was another one. That was just like, holy smokes. And then Iverson was there, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dr. J was being really cool to everybody. Allen Iverson, not so much. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I would I would risk getting embarrassed and uh, go up to AI. I did. You did? I did. He was be he was very, very mean to me. Um <laughs> <laughs> But again, I felt the same way that you did 
where like that's who we grew that's who we grew up watching. Like yeah. I would go outside and with my neighbor like try to recreate like Iverson moves. And we were obviously terrible at them. But like we would we'd go out there and we would we would like try to recreate some of the stuff that he did when he was in Philly and like, he was like this just larger than life player and in like this like again like when you're doing it at like six foot there's just something different about it and he was just cooking everybody but yeah he's sitting in the lobby and what was your opener to ai i just said i just said hey AI, and he's like i'm not doing anything it's like (laughs) like he just ended it just like so fast and i was like cool but i felt like you did like i have to at least try because I would yeah. I would feel I would feel worse not trying than if than I did after he was mean to me like I didn't really care, um, but I feel better after like at least trying knowing that like I tried to have some kind of interaction with him. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to come up with an opener that would make them interested in any way. I just don't think there was gonna be one. Which also was weird that he was sitting in the middle of the lobby, too. He was just hanging out by himself? He was hanging out with, like, somebody that was, like, a part of his team. Oh, like, okay. I don't know what they were doing. Um, but, yeah. No, that was a, that was a hilarious, mo- <laughs> hilarious moment. Um, so, would you feel more comfortable in the same scenario going up to Russ or going up to AI? Um... I would still, I would rather have the chance of like getting a picture with Allen Iverson than I would with Westbrook. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, like the, like the 1% (laughs) reward when he's just like, you know what? I'm feeling good right now. You know, um, he was not feeling good even whenever he, so he was at the game and they like put the camera on him and like, usually people are like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, you know, doing all kinds of stuff and you can see they're excited. He just looked like lifeless. It was kind yeah, of sad. It was kind of sad, honestly. No, no it wasn't. No, he, not in a cool way, though. Not no, he's like cool, though. He's a cool guy. He didn't seem cool to me. He just seemed like he had been like beaten down by by this life, and I was just like, man, that kind of sucks. <laughs> like, uh, well, I'm, I was trying to remember uh, how old he is because he gets all of his Reebok money in three years. He's forty-seven. He did a deal with Reebok where like he gets all of his payments when he's turns fifty. Oh, interesting. Um, not that I mean he's obviously still been involved in a lot of stuff post playing career, but yeah, he gets like a huge windfall when he turns fifty from Reebok. Maybe he'll be happy then. Maybe, maybe, and maybe the next time you see him in a few years, when the All Star Game is in Oklahoma City, you can go up to him. That's right. I remember going to a Hornets game to watch ai when he was on the nuggets yeah sitting up in loud city yeah just to get a glimpse yeah of ai yeah man yeah i stood right next to him he was directly mean to me <laughs> i think it was deserved though i heard your opener hello mr ai mr iverson <laughs> may i please no it was yeah it was not it was not good i don't you should have said something about the eagles or something something philly related that's that's what i would have tried to go with yeah, I'm not. I, he he was not having it. I saw I saw multiple people get their feelings hurt, <laughs> get shot down. <laughs> uh, but that was cool. Um, there was a, I did have a really interesting conversation with somebody, and uh, we'll talk about that right after this break. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back after this quick break. So probably the most interesting conversation um, I had with somebody was about the 2022 draft. And it was just such a, it was such a weird draft. And I talked to somebody that, I mean, you can say like sources with direct knowledge of the situation or however you want to say it. Um, but it was such a weird draft because like all the way up until then, everybody thought it was going to go Jabari, 
Chet, Paolo, like the whole time. Yeah. But the thing about that is, I just don't think that wherever that information was coming from, I'm not really sure. Because I think if you talk to the actual teams and like truth serum in those actual teams that were selecting, they were all high on Paolo and Chet and not on Jabari. Uh, to the point where on draft night, the Houston Rockets were offering all their first-round picks from that draft. I think they had three first-rounders, including the third pick, and including K.J. Martin, because they were so enamored with Paolo that they were trying to get him at one. I also heard that there were people within the Thunder that really, really wanted Paolo as well within that. But I think Chet was always going to be the guy, but I know that there were people within the Thunder that really wanted Paolo. And... Jabari, like people, are like oh well, if Jabari fell to the Houston, like they were satisfied. Like no, like they they weren't satisfied. They were trying to trade up to one. Like they would have much rather had Palo. So it's, to me, it's really interesting to hear people talk about that draft. And like the further we get away from it, it's like no one was really all that enamored with Jabari. You know, he was always one of the top guys. But I don't think those three teams, any of the three, were really, like, trying to get Jabari. I think he fell to the Rockets, and they were, like, fine, but, like, not without a fight to try to get one of those other two. And I just found that to be really interesting because, like, the person that I was speaking to had definite knowledge of what was going on during that time. And so I, I just... I just find that to be one of the more confusing things. And then, like, that article came out about his dad saying the Thunder had a promise. Well, that's just not true. Like, that's just not a – that was not really a thing. So I'm just I'm, – I I'm would love to know, like, the actual story behind all of that and, like, how Jabari got pegged as the number one guy this whole time. But, like, truth be told, like, he never really was. Yeah, somebody did – somebody did a really good smoke screen. Or it was just – I mean, if it was just happenstance, where just kind of because they're, I mean, we know that Orlando and Oklahoma City are generally two teams where it's you don't get a ton of inside sourcing coming out. Mm-hmm. So maybe because those were the top two teams, you you know something had to fill that void, and so the rumors about Jabari just started for whatever reason based on something. Yeah, and then it just kind of went from there, and those teams never denied it, and so it just kind of led that way to the draft yeah but if that was the rockets offer to move up to one that's a pretty poor offer to get to one because but i mean but what the offer tells me too is that like orlando like if everybody talks about oh there's not that big of a difference between like paulo and jabari if there was if that was actually true you would take that right no i wouldn't that's a that's not but i'm just saying that you get a guy that you like that you think is going to be just as good and you I get know. other stuff. But you have to base it compared to previous trades. Like the the Fultz Tatum trade, that include an extra unprotected first. The uh the Luca trade trade included an unprotected future first. Like if Houston actually wanted to make a com- compelling trade, you would have to include a future unprotected first. Or probably one of the Brooklyn picks. Yeah, I guess they could have traded a Brooklyn pick to get him to to make it happen. I also just 
know that Paolo was going to go one. Like it just was going to happen no matter what. And so I don't think, I don't think, and then here's like, I don't think Orlando had interest in Jabari. Cause like, obviously the, the big prize is who you're getting at one. Yeah. And so all that, but now, now that you've seen Jabari in the skills competition and playing with <sighs> Gideon J dub, have, has your opinion changed? <laughs> I feel honestly, I feel kind of bad for him. It's, I mean, he's, in retrospect, he kind of went to one of the worst places he could go. Um, it, it feels is like there his, a, is there a spot that would be worse? I don't know. Is there the, a the team or that, a spot that would actually be worse? Like seriously, the fact that Steven Silas came out and said we are specifically not running plays for him, and he said it, and he was trying to spin it as a positive. He like, thought that was a, he thought that was something like a feather in his cap. Yeah. But it was just like, oh my gosh. Meanwhile, it's taking like a Kevin Porter Jr. injury for them to even try Shingun as an offensive hub. Yeah. They're not they're not running plays for their number three overall pick, who everyone is is so excited about. I mean, I guess if he had gone to like a really good team where he's not getting minutes, like maybe that's a worse situation for him. But yeah. for his stock to have dropped this far, this quickly. I mean, we're not even halfway through his rookie season. Yeah. And People's opinions on Jabari are wildly different. I mean, Sam Vecini had him number one on his his big board in the summer. I know. And to go from that to where we are now, yeah, uh, it just it took a lot of things going wrong. Yeah. for him. Now, you know, to be fair, like he's shooting whatever thirty percent on catch and shoot threes. So if he continues to do that, but you also wonder if if that's how much of that is a confidence issue based on the fact that he's on a team that has no interest apparently in uh, showcasing him in the offense in any way. Yeah. I mean, and I wonder what he means by like running plays for him too. Like he can't have the, he's limited because he can't play with the ball in his hands, you know? Yeah. So it's just like the further we get away from it, like the weirder that whole time was, you know, before the draft, because it's like so apparent, like we, we still haven't even seen Chet play and we, and like, does it make you think like the Thunder should have Jabari? Like I don't think so. Um, like Paolo was clearly the right pick at one. It's uh, it's weird. I just think. I mean, the Rockets the whole time were very transparent about it. they wanted Paolo and thought they were going to get Paolo. Yeah. Um, but like Orlando and OKC, I think that might have been like the hiccup within all of this is that neither of them leaked anything the whole time you know and so maybe that was maybe that was it because like a team like detroit like detroit's really is very willing to talk to media and like that's pretty obvious i think the kings would be too i think like having two organizations like orlando and okc who are just like we're not really communicating with anybody about what we're doing until after it's done right um I think maybe that had something to do with it. And the Rockets obviously, obviously had just so much interest in Paolo. And maybe maybe Orlando's like, great. Yeah, you can have Paolo. <laughs> and then like, nope, nope, not getting him. Um, so, yeah, I thought that that was interesting. The, the city overall was great. I'd never been to Salt Lake City before. I've like 
had that as like a connecting flight, but I've never actually been to Salt Lake City. Um, it was a beautiful city. It was great. You have the mountains pretty much just like all around you all the time, which was cool. And the weather was really nice while we were there. Um, so that was cool. They had they had these like media parties too for us every night. Um, yeah, that was really that was cool. It's like did you sneak Taylor into any? I did. I actually called Taylor. It was the Friday night, and Taylor was already asleep in the hotel, and the party oh, no. was at the hotel. <laughs> and I was like texting him and calling him. I was like, "You got to get down here," and he. Uh, eventually like woke up to go to the bathroom and then like got dressed and came down <laughs> to the to the party um and that was it was really cool it was really fun it was like twitter coming to life basically in a in a in a room so they uh they gave us free backpacks that's tight at this event and uh, probably some starry there was actually no starry Backpacks were filled to the brim with Star. Star. The heaviest backpacks. Not even cans, just the liquid just <laughs> poured in there. Just need need a way to get rid of this starry. Um so that was cool. So I got to you know, I got to hang out with a bunch of my guys from the athletic and then uh met some people from like other outlets, met some a bunch of people from the ringer, which was cool. Um Did anyone say love the love down to dunk? Love the show. Love the fry pod. Uh, no, no. Did anyone say so glad the L man is back? Did anyone say that? I did. I did not hear that <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> That's messed up. It's messed up. It's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great time. It was super cool. Uh, okay. Anything else? I'm trying to think of any other things that happened over the weekend. We'll talk. We'll talk, talk more about it on Friday as well. Uh, nope. I didn't see any celebrities. You didn't see any, cele- <laughs> you didn't see any celebrities on my trip. No, unfortunately. <laughs> That's too bad. That's too you bad. know, what was cool though. I was in Palm Springs. Yeah. Uh, where my uncle lives yeah. and he lives in this little community and they just have citrus trees all around. Oh, and they're communal. And so you can oh. just go out with your little, your little tool mm-hmm. and just grab an orange or a tangelo or a lemon. Tangelo. You can just be on a walk. It's a mix of a tangerine and a and an, an orange jello. I think an, an orange. They're great. And what is the uh, that was part, really though? cool. They have grapefruit trees, lime trees. Wow. That was awesome. That sounds awesome. I would love that. That's great. great. That's great. I remember I was in LA when I was like a teenager and just was like just freaked out that there was just like a lemon tree just like alongside the road. I was like screamed at my dad to stop. Made him stop, and I went and picked a lemon. Got one, you got one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, thoughts on Brandon Miller and how what a weird oh, situation yeah. that is. Yeah, if you if you didn't uh, al dot com, which I believe is stands for Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. they had they came out with a report yesterday that um, Brandon Miller, who a lot of Thunder fans really like. Mm-hmm. He, place for Alabama kind of like a like a a near perfect fit based on what we've seen so yeah, far yeah. 20 years old six foot nine shooter a good rebounder can defend some not a horrific passer yeah 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 uh he delivered what ended up being the murder weapon in yeah. a murder yeah yeah 
to the scene of the crime based on the reporting. What was unclear initially was whether he was actually at the scene of the crime yeah. because it said that his car was blocking the Jeep in which the victim, where the victim was. Um, so it, and it does seem like he was at the scene, but the, the like takeaway was that he was never charged with anything. The DA came out and said, we couldn't charge him with any crime. It seems really weird. And I'm assuming we're going to get more details coming out Yeah. Um, because the other two guys involved, they obviously did get charged and mm-hmm. I think they're awaiting trial. Um, and those were teammates of his. Yeah. So it's unclear what this is going to mean going forward. Mm-hmm. But both the reporting itself is is it it it's not does not read like good, and <laughs> and <laughs> it's bad. It's very very bad. It's bad. It's and bad. his the the quotes from his coach after being asked about it yesterday were not good either Yeah, um, because they were aware about this the whole time. And he tried to brush it off as just like a wrong place, wrong time type of thing. But reading the reporting, it seems more than that, but we'll hopefully get more details on it. It's a super sad story though, because like a woman, a mother, 23 years old died in the shooting. It's awful. Um, And he was involved somehow, whether it was knowingly or unknowingly. And so you just, have to wonder if this like completely derails uh and perhaps like rightfully so derails his like future basketball career we just don't know yet we don't know the details i mean the fact that he wasn't he he was not charged with a crime as of now but there's clearly going to be a lot more pressure on the da and figuring out now that this story is kind of like a national story there's going to be a lot more pressure to understand the details of what happened yeah for sure yeah i'd like to formally announce that brandon miller will not be on the thunder yeah that that thinking ahead to the draft i think that's fair to say at this point yeah yeah uh but yeah it's just a bad story all around there's really no nothing good to take away from it no there's not um it's terrible it's terrible uh okay so the thunder don't have that many games left. They sit at tenth in the Western Conference. Any, yes. pre- any predictions? They do so. They sh- they play Utah tomorrow night. Big game. Pretty important game when you look at the standings because they are separated by a half game from Utah right now. Yeah. They play them four times. Four. Four. Before the end of the year, they play them four times. And they play the Suns four times. And they play them three times in the next two weeks. Yeah. Like by March 5th, they will play three of their four games. And so that's three of their next seven games are against Utah and two are against Sacramento. And then they have the ESPN game on Friday, which it's kind of a bummer for them because that's second night of a back to back. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is on ESPN because this is going to be Durant's debut for the Suns. That is definitely the idea. As much as we would love to believe that it's because the Thunder are a cool team. (laughs) Um, I hate to break it to you. This is about a guy named Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it also helps that it is the Thunder too. Because if it was like, would they necessarily be putting f- like Phoenix, Detroit on national television? Um, maybe not. I don't know. Would they put it is Phoenix, it is a bummer that's second night of a back to back and yeah. they have to fly. You know, I mean, it's not a super long flight, but they it's not like an L.A back-to-back with a yeah. playing Lakers Clippers. So they're yeah. going to have to fly 
they've been good in those spots. They have I been. That's one of the benefits of being a young team. Yep. But it is that's a formidable task, Andrew. It is. It's a it's a big two games. If they split, you feel pretty good. Oh yeah. And then they have back well, it's not back to back. It's two games over three nights in Oklahoma City, both against the Kings. Yeah. Um, and that's part of a larger five game five game homestand. Yeah. Against the Lakers, two more games against Utah and Golden State. Yep. So I mean, we keep saying like this next stretch is really gonna define what they're doing. We've been saying and it all year. It probably won't. Like they'll probably yeah. be <laughs> within a game or two of that tenth spot when we get to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Either way. Either either they'll continue this little run they're on and kind of solidify themselves, or they'll be just like a game and a half out. Right. And we'll just keep going with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it will be like nip and tuck until the end. Just because you yeah. look at the teams that they're playing, it's like, yeah, this, there's going to be good stretches and bad stretches here with them. Like, they have a stretch where they play, like, San Antonio, Brooklyn, Toronto. It's, like, all pretty winnable games. You know, they got Charlotte, Detroit, Indy at the end of March. Yeah. It's like, like you got if you want to make the play-in, like, you got to win all of those. So it's a favorable schedule. They've got to stay healthy, for sure. Is like going to be part of this. And yeah, there, I, I do feel like there's a lot more pressure on the teams around them, other than Utah. Utah doesn't really have a ton of pressure on them. Yeah, but there, like there's no pre- Portland missing the play-in. Oh my god, like that's a really bad outcome for the season. Yes. Obviously, the Lakers missing the play-in. Yeah. Um, Golden State, if they fall back, um, missing the play-in would be not good either. So there's three teams that have a ton riding on this, and at least one of them, at least one of them, will not be making the play-in even as it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know how that plays out. I don't know if that means that these other teams will, like, buckle down and finally look like the teams we thought they could be, Mm -hmm. or if their margin of error is just, like, so much thinner. Because if if they have any type of, you know, if, like, Dame gets, it turns his ankle and is out for two weeks, like, that's probably their season. Um, if LeBron, who hasn't been able to stay in the lineup, isn't able to play every game the rest of the season, they're probably out. Yeah. Um, and same thing with with Golden State. If Steph, anything more further happens to Steph, so I don't know. I mean, for the Thunder, it's kind of it feels a little bit gravy for them. It's great where man. they're they're kind of set up well. They're probably still going to be getting guys developmental time. It'll be interesting to see how many like minutes Jang gets from now until the rest of the season. For sure. Um, I anticipate we're going to see more uh, from Jang, but who knows? I don't know. I definitely. can't predict Mark anymore. I've given up. We're definitely going to see more Jang. Uh, the Thunder do have the fourth best point differential in the West, by the way. I know. I saw. I was looking at that today. Yeah, it's better than like the Clippers, better than the Mavericks. Uh, they're the fourth best. Better than New point Orleans. Differential. Better than... Warriors, yeah. Uh, I don't think that'll be the case when it's all said and done because I think like a team like the Suns are going to – they're not that far from the Suns, and I think the Suns will surpass them. But they'll probably end up in the top six in point differential, and they still might not make it. Um, and that's okay. Like this – any outcome is great, honestly. Like if you get yeah. them playing experience and like potentially playoff experience, that's great. If you get a higher pick in the lottery, also great. I think like I just don't think that there's a bad outcome here. Um, you mentioned LeBron. There was that was one more thing that happened over the weekend is that so I went to LeBron's press conference and like I didn't plan on asking LeBron anything and I didn't ask him anything. Um, 
but I'm standing there and he's they're like, one more question. And it was an Australian reporter who asked about Josh Giddy. And so I am like <laughs> scrambling to get my phone, you know, and I am videoing it and LeBron just like starts gushing about the thunder again, you know, and like, that's just, it's just cool. And he, I mean, he talks like we do almost. And he's like, we've got Giddy and we've got SGA and we've got Jalen Williams and we don't even have Chet yet. You know, he kind of gave that <laughs> yeah. spiel. Um, and it's obviously it doesn't truly mean anything, but it's just kind of cool to hear LeBron talk about like how successful this rebuild has been. Well, and it, and it's interesting too because 2024 draft uh, with Jonathan Gavoni just released his first like I don't know if it was a big board or a mock. I guess it was a mock. It was a mock. Um, yeah, he, he had Bronny James at 10. Yeah, um, which who knows? I mean, that could be where the Thunder pick ends up. I mean, hopefully not. That that would be kind of disappointing. But maybe yeah. the Houston pick ends up there if things go what really well. What if the well. Houston pick was Bronny? Uh, but yeah. And and I mean you read about Bronny and he actually sounds like a thunder, thunder guy. guy. Yeah, he's definitely a thunder guy. Yeah. So that uh, that <laughs> that story is g- going to be interesting until he is not or until he's picked by someone else. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That is. It's it's really it's really funny to think about that if that were the case, like if James Harden goes there and they have like a little bit of success but like not enough and then, yeah yeah and then the thunder get the 10th pick and it's Bronny, <laughs> Bronny james just the fact of even if like i mean lebron's talked about how he wants to play with him and whatnot but like even if that doesn't happen like just having Bronny on your team like would be an absolute like circus yeah and, and he seems like the type of player who you could potentially fit into a role in his rookie season. Like if the, if the thunder are playing better, like apparently he's a very good perimeter defender. Yeah. He's a very smart player, like in terms of, uh, passing, like IQ, decision-making all and that. all that. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows, who knows, man, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, also the number two pick in this draft, Cody Williams is J dub's brother, J dub's brother. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. You know, uh, last thing we should probably talk about, uh, former Thunder great Russell Westbrook did sign with yeah. the team. Andrew, he did. He did not have to leave L.A. Great for him. Yeah, Famous. this is kind of what I had always I had kind of hoped for him from the beginning is that he didn't have to move or I mean he wouldn't actually move. I don't think, but like he didn't have to get a place yeah. somewhere in like Miami or whatever. Not that thought. Yeah, not that would be bad. But I think um, it's a really interesting setup because. Yeah. Uh, clearly, it's a better situation than the Lakers. They're just I mean, a the Lakers team. was yeah about as bad of a situation as you could get. However, there's a lot more pressure in this scenario than there would have been if he had gone to like the Bulls, for instance, um, who was one of the teams you talked about. If he goes to the Bulls, he can like regardless of what happens, none of it really matters. Yeah. Whereas once again, he is going to be in the spotlight, not just because he's in L.A., but because he's on a team that desperately wants to win desperately wants to do something i mean this could potentially be the one season where they have both paul george and Kawhi leonard healthy for an entire playoff run and you have to take advantage of that that opportunity and so if westbrook's going to be thrown into that yeah like there is risk here for russ um it's obviously a better setup for him because there's so many more shooters on this team even though both of their centers, their like main centers, aren't shooters, right? Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, he does things that they need. Like they don't have anybody on their team that really gets into the paint. 
Um, yeah. The only real issue with that is that he has not finished well. Right. He has and not been so, a good finisher. Like that's that's a problem. Uh, defensively, he's still a, a it's still a, a big negative. And now the Clippers don't really need Russ. Is like what it all comes down to. Like Russ, I know that's why I hear people saying that this is more uh, this is a risk for the Clippers, and it, I don't know. It doesn't feel that way. F- it just me. depends on how it goes. Like it just depends on like what the expectations are. Like if they're, I think it's easier to set like clear expectations with vet minimum Russell Westbrook than it is with max contract Russell Westbrook. And even yeah. and you have to give him credit because he went to the Lakers and he came off the bench. You know, but he's going to have to more if you I, I think Russ still has a lot of juice left, but can he can he play in the right way? I just I have my doubts about that. I, I have my doubts about this being impactful at all, you know, and because like, I think that he might be just like a second and third quarter kind of guy. And then like they finish with basically like Paul George as the point guard. And I think that that's where. It could actually. This is where it helps them. Is that like PG is basically their their only real playmaker on the team. Like he's their he's their primary ball handler. And if you can just like give PG some relief throughout the game, and then you finish with Russ on the bench and with like that that typical starting unit, like I think it could work. I think that there are things about it that could work. Um, do I believe in this Clippers team? No. I don't, but good for Russ to land in LA again to play with PG again. It's great. Like I'm, I think that it's a good situation for him, but I just don't know if if he can handle that role. But again, like this is vet minimum Russ. We've never seen that before, and so like maybe that changes things for him because. I'm sure it is like humbling for some of these guys at the end of their careers to like have to have to take the buyout, have to sign with on a vet minimum with a team that wants them. And like what like how many calls were they getting on Russ? You know, about like, oh my gosh, we really want Russ to come here. You know, I don't know. I mean pro like Bulls, Wizards, Clippers. Like, is there anybody else? Uh Heat were thrown out there as well. The Heat. Sure. Um yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I think it's a good setup for him, but I think there's a lot of risk involved for him to actually perform. Um, because if this goes south, like if this doesn't work out, yeah. then I think this summer for him could get ugly. Yeah, I think he might have been better off just like going back to the Wiz and just being their point guard and just like doing his thing. And maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't. Like there's no pressure in, but but similar to uh, you walking up to Allen Iverson, like sometimes you just gotta take the shot, Andrew. Even if even if you think it might not work out, hey. because let's be honest, this is this might be like his last chance to get a a ring. I mean this this team has been playing well lately. They're getting up into you know top four yeah. of of the conference. So yeah. like they sh- maybe by playoff time they are thought of as a legitimate contender that everyone is worried about. And that would, you know, you, you have to take those opportunities if you're Russ. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have lots of doubts about all of it when it comes to this Clipper squad, but they're talented that 
I've seen another team like this before with Paul George and Russell Westbrook that had like all the names on the back of the jerseys, you know. Yeah. And and that was I mean, that was a long time ago. I was actually thinking about that team uh because you know the MVP conversation's going on and it's getting very toxic. Yeah. And uh and I was thinking about how Jokic in the straw poll that they did is like so far ahead of the pack again. Yeah. And I was thinking about would that have been the case if Russ had come back after his MVP season, done a triple double again, which he did do, yeah. but if the OK three team had actually worked out and they were like number one seed in the West, mm-hmm. would he have gotten back to back MVPs in that scenario? Mm. I don't know the answer to it, just something I was thinking about. Yeah. I mean, Paul was obviously like the guy on those right. teams. So third in the MPP voting. They're in the MPP voting, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think he would have ever gotten back-to-back because it took like such a miracle, a miraculous end of the season. It wasn't just the triple-double. It was like the stuff in Denver and just the way that he played. Um, it was just a miraculous, miraculous time for him. Yeah. So I just, think, I just don't think like that was ever going to be replicable. Um, but it was an amazing year. Uh Okay, before we go, we're still within the All-Star break. Predictions. Are the Thunder making the play-in playoffs or going to the lottery? Uh, I think that they will be going to the lottery. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I would not be surprised by play-in though, as we've discuss like they've been one of the best teams since the beginning of the new year and they've shot the ball really well yeah. but it I just, just comes down to like these other teams are going to be going all out like the lakers are going to be playing you know seven man eight man rotations if they need to treating this like the playoffs to get to the end yeah i don't i think okc isn't going to all out tank yeah. you know i don't think they're going to be <laughs> resting guys but i do think we're going to see a lot more developmental minutes come in they're going to keep playing the there, rosters the way they have been. There's going to be minutes against the Kings where it's like Trey Mann and Jang are out there and they like yeah. go like a minus 12 and you're like, oh my gosh. I don't think they're going to be approaching the stretch run the way they approach the Lakers game, for instance. And so, so because either. of that difference between the teams, that's why I would favor one of those other teams moving ahead of them. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, if I'm, if I'm the Thunder, I would probably like, man, I'd, just rather have a shot at like the eighth pick than this 13th pick and the play in just because I, I feel like the, the winning is ahead of them for sure. Like they're going to be, I think they could be pretty interesting as a team next year. And even, even John Hollinger wrote about it, about how he thinks that the thunder could be making some noise at this time next year. So I would rather have a shot at like Grady Dick or Anthony black or I don't know if Jairus Walker will even be in their range by the time we get there. But I'd rather have a shot at one of those guys, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, which will be in that, like, 8-9 range. So that's that's where I'm at. But honestly, like, you, you just can't feel feel bad. Like, you have to keep perspective on this. Like, don't. You just can't feel bad about any outcome. Like, there's not really an outcome that you should look at as like, oh, this is terrible. Like, this is the worst thing. Like, there's not really a like worst thing to happen 
to this this Thunder team this season. You know, when it comes to like playoffs, play in lottery. Uh, there's a less good option, but uh, it's it's fine. What's the best? What's the best thing? What would be the best thing? The best? Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of like realistic, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think realistic would be getting to the eighth pick. Yeah. I, I just don't believe in the Bulls, and they're already three games back of the Thunder. They got Pat Bev. But, yeah, they got Pat Bev. We'll see. Uh, the other teams, though, starting with the Lakers going up those teams are only uh two games back or less of the thunder with three of those teams only being a half game back utah washington and portland so yeah i I think for this team's long-term future uh getting to the eighth spot would be the best case scenario i tend to Uh, agree I tend to agree. Uh, you know, I'm a big uh, Grady Dick fan, Andrew, and I just if they're at the back of the lottery, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and then you know, on the flip side, you know, realistic best case scenario, yeah, uh, in, ter- in terms of the other direction, would be making the playoffs probably as the eighth seed. I, I guess in terms of realistic, yeah. Um, and then you're playing Denver, and you know, maybe you get a gentleman's sweep. You know, like maybe that is the, and you get a few games at Oklahoma City, like in Oklahoma City. Yeah, that that still doesn't feel like super realistic to me, though. Like e- even as a outcome, more realistic would be like making the play in. Maybe you win your first game and then you lose your second game. Yeah, that that feels like more where it could go. Yeah. So so maybe the best case scenario on that way is like you get up to the ninth spot, you get a home game as your playing game. You win that, and then you play the loser of the seven eight on the road, and maybe that's where it all ends. That that would be fun mm-hmm. to have like a home playing game. Yeah, so it'd be really fun. I would the the amount of like angst and pressure that would be in that building hasn't been in there since Westbrook played yeah. for this team. Right? I just think the ceiling is so capped that I don't want to get too excited about that route. Whereas the eighth pick, yeah, in this draft would would get me pretty excited. Yeah, same here. Like after this season and knowing that Chet's coming back, and if you can add somebody like Grady Dick, which we can talk about all of the problematic things that would occur if the Thunder did select him. Um, it would be tough. It would be tough. But on the court, like, is there a better fit than like this six seven just lights out shooter? Lights out shooter, but also like really good off ball player. Yeah, like he fits a lot of what the Thunder do, and his. <laughs> Dude, his stroke is legit. <laughs> I know. I know. He can really shoot the ball. It, it's so smooth. Yeah. He's – it would be incredible because he's somebody that the defense has to pay attention to. Yeah. You know? And like, that's that's all, that's all. honestly what you need, like, to add to this group is, like, okay, now we need somebody that the defense cares about. And, like, the Thunder have made defenses care about Isaiah Joe, which is great. And if they had another guy like that, but he's several inches taller than Isaiah Joe, it's like, okay, this is a, this, this would be a big, big deal for Thunder, man. It'd be a big it would deal. be. And I also think it's a big deal that uh, Nick Smith Jr. Is, is starting to come on oh, yeah, late. He's, he's playing really well. Yeah. Because that's a guy who could potentially go ahead of whoever the Thunder wants yeah. and would push someone down yeah. a spot. Yeah, and the Brandon Miller stuff is a little problematic too. 
I know, and of course we have no idea. I mean, that yeah. could end up with him just like not getting drafted, depending on how this plays out, yeah, yeah. or it just being like this kind of weird, murky situation even up until draft time. So, who yeah. knows? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, thanks so much for listening to our show. Hope you guys are having a great Bye. week, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.